on today's episode of Strike Gold. We have Azriel Ratz with us talking about how to scale up your Facebook ads. You're listening to Strike Gold with Jonathan Kahn and Roy Pervarchik, and today our special guest is Azriel Ratz. You're getting good with names. I am. I practice all night. You're a shitty person, but you're getting good with names. I'm in the inside, (laughs) just a dirtbag. Johnny Johnny Dirtbag. Dirtbag. You know what I was thinking, like, as I was saying the name, I was like, rats. Like, you should have already had the slogan, if you you haven't been using Azrael, it's all rats. All rats. Actually, that was my parents' license plate for about 10 years. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) My father said that it was, he changed his license plate to all rats when my brother got his license and he saw the insurance bill. So he decided uh, to nice. switch all the license plates over to O-Rats. <laughs> I love it how parents have different ways of supporting their kids. <laughs> no, it's great. Makes sense. Do you know it when you, um, there's this thing like when your kids do, do stuff and the parental thing to do is actually like to, to be nice, but sometimes you have like, this is too funny. We just want to, you, you kind of want to troll your kids with stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm pl- I torture my kids all the time. Yeah, I know. How else yeah. do you go viral on Facebook? That's true. Yeah. They have their own Facebook. What, They're already all over When the place. my wife was pregnant, we didn't know if we were going to have like a girl or a boy at the beginning. Well, obviously, we didn't know. So, and yeah, <laughs> we didn't. We were debating. <laughs> I think that works for everyone. <laughs> we were, it's kind we of were, a 50 50 thing. You just yeah. kind of like mix it and throw it in and see what comes out of the easy bake oven. Yeah, uh, the easy bake <laughs> oven. That's oh right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so uh, we, were, we were debating because we were thinking about if we had a boy to call him Noah, like from the ark. Yeah. So that, that was the idea. And he told her, we can do it, but I will troll the kid all the time. Like every time it rains, I'll just like kind of mm-hmm. tap him on the... Tap it, like, I'll kind of tap him on the shoulder and say like, it started. It's starting <laughs> and again. I would buy, and I would buy everything like in, like in twos. <laughs> no, even more. You just buy him a lot of like wood and start, yeah. start building that. Yeah, yeah. I would just I would just sign him up. Bigger. To all this, like, just every time he said, bigger. <laughs> bigger. That's what God did. He was trolling them. No, I, I would go to his room when he sleeps, like when he sleeps, pet his hair and say, like, we're counting on you. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> I, I did tell my mom when I was seven that I was going to buy her a yacht. So this is a. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Oh, no, my kid actually, every once in a while comes up to me, he's like, so for your birthday, I'm going to take you to Japan. I'm like, oh. That's so nice. That's so nice of you. Go tell your mom, please. <laughs> she knows what to get me. Um, actually, it's funny that we're talking about Noah and Rain and stuff because uh, Azrael said that he was going to out me for making him come on the rainiest day of the year to Tel Aviv to do the podcast. It is. Um, it is the rain. It is the rainiest. Is it the rainiest? But you know what I liked? I wrote him like I, I just wanted to like I saw what was going on outside. I was like, hey, take an umbrella, and he's like, you mean a boat <laughs> bring a boat <laughs> what I like about this is that we as Israelis we had like a little bit of rain or like it's the hardest rain in the year <laughs> and there's like this dude in New York who's like who hasn't left his no, apartment because it snowed in for like a no, month people in Chicago where they can't breathe yeah. through their nose because it will immediately freeze their people don't kiss their there because they get stuck to each other <laughs> yeah exactly yeah uh, and we're like we are living the hard, we are living the hard life yeah, yeah, it's, like, it's like dude it's, it's been raining outside so it's like and you get an umbrella so, God is so hard on Jews no? yeah <laughs> <laughs> he gives us the worst weather conditions. Yeah, but um, we pull through. That's what we do. <laughs> All right, Jews, I've, we pull through. Oh, that's our slogan. Sponsored by Jews, <laughs> by we Jews pull and through. Sees it for all. Um, so, Ezreal, yes, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. We actually know you from the ages. I think I I met, I think I. 
first was introduced to you through Snapchat? Yeah. yeah. Snapchat? Yeah. Me too. That's what we yeah. too. Yeah. Thank That's you to we should, we should, we should, we should oh, stop yeah. uh, sexting with guys. <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally sent you that picture, but it built a bond that we could never forget. Because he it, it usually, it usually doesn't show face. That's what he <laughs> meant. That time my face looks so good. <laughs> All right. Sorry. So, yes, so Ezreal, please tell absolutely. the people. So I graduated with a degree in math from college and I had a friend who was like, you know how to read numbers. So can you work for me? And the job will be absolutely nothing to do with that. I want you to just copy paste from like a Google Doc <laughs> to Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, email, iPhone app, all that stuff. And I did that for one hour every day for six months. And then he was like, okay, cool. You do more than just one hour a day. And over the next three and a half years, we built a pretty impressive company with about 15 employees, seven to full time, a million page views a month on an, on a, an, an online. And they'll just copy paste from the Excel. That's, that's it. I'll send it copy. No, so Amazing. over those years. The lesson of this podcast is how to make a yeah. company in this, with copy In this episode, paste. we talk about focus <laughs> and how you should scale doing one thing really just well. One, just one copy pasting well. Yeah. really well. Um, the name of the episode will be copy and pasting your way to your first million, by that, the way. That to sounds to copy and paste your way to, to success. success. This, uh, this is actually, the book that, you should write. That yeah. is the book I should write. So, so over the next three and a half years, um, I learned Google ads, email marketing, Facebook ads, social media, organic, all that stuff. And we were doing $100,000 um, over the course of two, like three, four months in ads f- just for leads. And all we did was took what was working organically. We actually had this question. The question was, does Israel have the right to defend itself? That was the question. Yes or no. And then they would go to a landing page. And the only thing that was there was a picture of like an Israeli soldier, the exact question from the ad. And then a yes or no button. They would choose yes or no. And no matter which choice it was, there would be an, a pop-up like on, on the form that says, to fill out the form, give us your email address. Also, you'll be subscribed to whatever okay. emails. Um, and we grew the email list for about 21 to 25 cents per email to 150,000 emails for us, clients, a bunch of lists. And wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> What was what was the goal? Yeah, <laughs> like, what was the landing oh. page like? Like, what was the no, like, like, no, it was oh. So I'm saying we were a nonprofit growing. Whoa. We were a nonprofit growing an email list for Israeli Hasbara focused ah, on Christians. Okay, okay. yeah, now, it, it was okay. relevant to because the that was, question. Because yeah, I, I was like, like <laughs> I was like, okay, we were selling beer. No. Yeah. <laughs> that company should apply this immediately. Yeah, and, I, uh, and, I, and I'm like, so you work with Mixpanel for how long? As a client? So basically. They were growing this list, and then we were selling Judaica. We were bringing donations in for other nonprofits. And what we saw was that year over year, this list that we grew, 150,000 people, were actually getting us on average $1.25 per year. So we were spending $0.21 cents to $0.25 cents per email. And yeah. then every year, that was generating us another $1.25. So at this point, we're five years out. We're talking about like 25 times return on the money that we spent Whoa. in 2013. Wow. And... I left that business in 2015. I started Rats Pack Media, focused exclusively on Facebook ads, and I've run Facebook ads for probably over 100 companies in 50 different niches, everything from fishing lures to music festivals, uh, an amusement park in New Jersey that lets you drive trucks. I have this video of my three-year-old driving a golf cart, which is insane. I didn't know three-year-olds can drive, but yeah. just 
give it the opportunity do they drive or kind of survive in the car <laughs> that's real the like, I, it's, like the first like two minutes he kind of swerved a little bit but by the time you know by the, the time police he, was came he, was, in. he was swerving around he was ready to go <laughs> by the time the police came we were out of yeah. there <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so like literally everything business coaches SAS online publishers everything in between and Amazing. that's what I've been doing so I want to tackle you for a second the question yeah because Facebook had did, had, has done like a really uh, huge shift in how they run ads like I'm not even going around this I want to tackle this <laughs> because I've been waiting to have somebody that's like Facebook ads on the podcast so I can really nail him down with this new question yeah. actually I want to I want to take a second to say Roy was really excited <laughs> to have you on here yeah. so that he could attack <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm going to let you tell the story but I want to ask you So Facebook has been changing now the model, right, of how yeah. they kind of serve ads or how they kind of beat ads. Yeah. So talk about this a little bit for people who don't know. And then the tackle is like for all the Facebook marketers out there, how do you change your behavior according to that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Answer. No, yeah. <laughs> Here we go in 37 seconds. Yeah. Uh, so Facebook announced back in January this new thing called CBO, which stands for Campaign Budget Optimization. Mm -hmm. And essentially how we've always run ads is we've taken a single campaign, which is essentially just pick your objective. Just for right. those who, who don't know, very clear. Uh, uh, the campaign is the objective of do I want clicks? Do I want purchases? Do I want app downloads? Do I want, you know, uh, yeah. whatever, catalog purchases, engagement? So that's the campaign. Level two is the ad set, which is where you choose who will see it, where they will see it, and how much you spend per day. And then the last level is the ad is what they actually see, the image, video, text, right. call, per act, call to action, and URL. So what's always happened is we've created a single campaign, and then we've taken all of our audiences, everything from our cold audiences like interest, lookalike behavior, our warm audiences like Facebook page, like page engagement, website mm -hmm. visitor, and our hot leads like our email list, and maybe like certain pages on our website that are very hot, you know, people that are about to buy, add to cart, Yeah. In, initiate checkout, stuff like that. So what we do is we just throw them all in there into separate ad sets, and then we would give the appropriate budget for each one. So the cold audience would get $5 a day, and the hot lead uh, initiate to checkout right. retargeting would get like the same $20 in the same campaign. The problem is that Facebook announced that these CBOs will be the only option for budgeting. Wait, but you said like how you do it, like what's going to be now? You didn't, oh, you, oh, so I'm yeah. going to get, so I'm, I'm okay. saying normally you just say, okay, I'll well, just stick to what I'm doing and ignore that this, this new feature, which is right. a lot of times they add these new features just like, okay, I won't use like dynamic ads where you could put a bunch of titles and they'll choose for you. So I just never use that feature because it goes against how I run ads and it does not actually helpful to me. So I just okay. don't, don't use that feature. The problem is uh, I can't ignore it because Facebook announced that as of October, this will be the only way to run ads. So okay. you can't just keep doing what you're doing, it will stop working. So we really have to figure out, well, what's the best way to approach campaign budgeting as opposed to ad set op optimization? So the answer is we still don't know what the best way is. It's okay. very early on, it's only like three, four weeks in, and I've tested a bunch of stuff. The first thing I've noticed is that If you put in your warm audiences and your cold audiences in the same ad set, much like putting a bunch of ads into one ad set, it will run just a few of the ad sets and not other ones. So you might not even know if you have a really good ad set because it just won't spend any money. Mm -hmm. So what you have to do is you now have to separate out on the campaign level each 
at each audience, whether that's the cold audience like so the interesting behaviors. That you, does that mean you have to set up like a, a lot more campaigns? A lot more campaigns. So have, because if you usually had like a campaign, then like a bunch of ad sets, and now you basically have to have less ad sets per campaign. Correct. Have to, like have it more targeted because the entire ad set is supporting the campaign versus the other way around, which was right. before. The problem is that we would go 100% in that direction. The issue is that Facebook uh, bidding works on the ad set level. So if I have one campaign with five ad sets and there's overlap between them, let's say, for example, your email list, website visitors, and Facebook page engagement, mm-hmm. probably a nice overlap between those, right. those things. If I put those three in separate ad sets, Facebook will not bid my ad set versus another ad set in my yeah. campaign. But if I have two campaigns... And both of them have even both of them have website visitors or one has email subscribers and website visitors. They will bid against each other, which means that if I create a dozen campaigns, I will actually cause my my own bid to be higher for the same impression. So I can't go all in on that. So what what we've actually figured out is that if you take each level of ad set, each like again, cold, warm and hot leads and you add on. Max bid, which has been around for a long time. I personally did not really use it because Facebook was really good about determining who to spend and how to spend on the ad set level. So essentially what you have to do is you have to make your campaign, put in your ad sets, and then give a different bid, max bid, based on how warm the audience is. So for example, for your hot leads, you might be willing to spend a lot less than your cold leads because they should already be buying. Why should I spend... $50 a sale, I should buy $5 a sale. So you have to give each level of audience a different max bid, even if it's within the same campaign, even if it's not in the same campaign, so that you're not literally bidding against yourself at a higher price to pay more money. But that sounds like a counterintuitive move on Facebook end. Like, well, not really, because they they will make much more money that (laughs) way, which is what they are actually looking for, I guess. Uh, So I'll say like this. Most people that are running Facebook ads are not experts at running Facebook ads. Yeah. The it, average most you, of the experts I know <laughs> running Facebook ads aren't experts. <laughs> that's that's true. Facebook but ads. but at the end of the day, what Facebook wants is they want you to spend more money yeah. that you're that you want to spend. The last thing they want you to do is like be upset that you've spent money. So what they know is that most people suck at Facebook ads. Pretty unfortunate, but that's right. the truth. Most people suck at Facebook ads. Well, good so for if, you, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's great for me. It's great for me. Uh, the problem is that they want you to be successful. So what they're saying is give more control to us. We'll figure it out. And for most people, that's great. For the best people, it's horrible. Right. Right? So because, for 99 it, it destroys your leverage as an expert, right. basically. So for 99% of users, this is a great move. Because now I could just put all my ad sets in. I could put my cold audiences, my warm audiences, my hot leads. And Facebook will do the work of getting the people that, are, that will buy. And I'll walk away with what would be a really great return on my money. Right. If I set it up wrong and I put $15 into every ad set. So now my $15 for my totally cold uh, you know, interest that was actually wrong, a, mm-hmm. bad, a bad audience to target, you'll still be pumping money into that ad set. But with CBOs, Facebook's going to say, no, this interest is not a good targeting audience. Let's keep putting money into these warm audiences. You still have more to go and leverage in this area. And they'll spend the money there. So for most people, this is great. For the people that know what they're doing, this is an obstacle that we have to overcome. And it's still very early. 
and we still have months to test before it's too late, and we this is our only option. Do you think that maybe roll out like an option to uh, to override it in a way? Because I'd be like maybe like an advanced feature. Well, that's actually a very stupid question, maybe. <laughs> Because I know because it's like yeah they could do whatever they want yeah, yeah. I, I'm saying <laughs> no, so, uh, it already exists like it is today and, and now they're moving away from it right. could they go back they probably could but let's say for example no but it, they're not going back just as much as like changing this to like advance where you can, you get more control r- right so this. right now on the ad set level there are a lot of like little toggles and switches that most people don't even know what they do like for example on the ad set level there is an option to optimize for and right. you could switch from let's say you're running you're running a conversion campaign mm-hmm. you could go into the ad set and say well for this ad set I just want clicks why wouldn't you just run a link click campaign right like why, why do you do? but it actually does stuff in the campaign it optimizes who you're reaching and potentially could bring in better leads at lower costs but for most people I don't even know they don't even know the button exists right. in the ad set. So, of course, they could easily add this button within the ad set. But I think that the ability to use the max bid allows you to do that in a different way. The same right. type of thing. Like, if I know that I can only spend $15 per sale on a hot lead, but I'm prepared to spend $50 on a code lead to get them in, get their email address, all that stuff, I could tell Facebook that. And they'll be able to budget accordingly within the campaign without me bidding against myself and raising my prices, my costs. Yeah. But though, again, I, th- I think Facebook's interest is raising your costs. I, if that was true, they wouldn't have a team of people that all are called marketing experts that call you on the phone to tell you how to do really bad strategy. I mean, that, tell you, that really are very helpful. <laughs> no, but, uh, <laughs> no, but like, I, no, I like, think that... It's no, like I an think... advertising agency. Their entire, their entire uh, livelihood is based on you spending t- more money. Yeah, but but the way okay, so like advertising agencies fuck you up usually. Protect the people there, right? <laughs> protect the people on Facebook. That's like number one because if there's no one, on what Facebook, is it? Protect, protect the, the people on the users on Facebook, right? Okay, so you have okay. to constantly find ways to make it so that they're seeing ads that are more relevant to them, that they're not having a horrible like like experience. Because if you lose that, Facebook has nothing, right? And then you got to turn around and say, how do I get um, more people spending on on Facebook? Mm-hmm. But it's more, they went in, in the beginning, I heard a lot of the, the creative, how they kept saying, you know, if you use better creative, you can see you're making more money and it will make you want to spend more on Facebook. And this now is like, let's just make it easier for people, to, all these people who are spending, who don't know what they're doing, to spend more money. Now, the interesting thing is that I guess they know this and we don't, which is the equation of saying, does the big, the, the smarter, more professional, you know, Facebook advertising professionals spend more money than all the huge sum of people who are just throwing money at it. Um, and I guess they weighed that and said, uh, I guess we're making more money from the people who make mistakes. I think they make more money from the long tail. Yeah, that's what, that's what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, he's saying ah, not okay, the okay, expert. Okay. Not, yeah, the, not expert. the expert. I'm saying all the little guys the who are just throwing million money other in businesses. There. Because like I, I like, think for the, like most SaaS companies that I know have like an in-house team, they usually don't have like a rock star in-house team uh, paid media manager. Do you have like a rockstar CMO or maybe head of acquisition, but the, like the yeah. little guys tweaking the yeah. buttons there, they usually, <laughs> they're entry level or juniors or mid-level. And then when they finally get good at it, they get, they get yeah, they raised the manager and then they're not even doing the work anymore. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I think, anyway, Facebook are safe. They're going to make money. <laughs> yeah, they'll be fine. They'll be but, fine. Uh, but you know what? I would, this is interesting because. If you go online and search for information about how to better manage your Facebook ads, how to run campaigns, 
So you usually get two types of uh, information. You either get the, the bad information. The ba- oh. <laughs> no, 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 that's there's only one. <laughs> that's only one. Uh, no, because you, people either talk about funnels, creative, measure, improve, etc. Uh, and then you have um, a lot of content about how to do Facebook ads, but always at very small scale budgeting. Mm-hmm. Like uh, eventually, like running ads for five thousand dollars a month, ten thousand, hundred thousand. I'm thinking about companies like Monday.com, who spends, I think they spend like $65,000 a day. Wow. Or something like that. I'm not 100% sure. So, like, scaling your campaigns is, is actually really hard to do it in a smart way. Mm-hmm. Because usually it's, it's not like, oh, your bid was 1000 put 5000 work work better. It's like much more complicated. The strategy, the amount of ads you have to put in, the segmentation yeah. gets in more. Um, so, I think I think that would be interesting to explore a little bit. Like, how... Let's say you have a company who's used to spend, I don't know, $10,000 on ads. Now they, uh, they've raised more money or they want to go into the growth phase, and now their goals are much like more aggressive. Mm-hmm. How would you start thinking about uh, strategizing like the campaign? Yeah. Or, like, the- so, so it happens to be that many times, as you mentioned earlier, the person actually managing the company's budget early on in this $10,000 yeah. stage they're missing a lot of opportunities. So I'm working right now with a client that's trying to do this very thing, raise mm-hmm. from spending about $15,000. They want to spend a million a month. And a what, million dollars a month? A million dollars a month. The goal is $10 million a year. So it's a little, it's like eight, yeah. whatever, 800-something thousand. Oh, uh, so Yeah, just forget it. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, now I think, <laughs> now it's pennies. achievable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone could do that. Uh, in my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> so, so essentially, the first thing that I walked into was they had a funnel problem, which... It's not the conversation you want to have right now, but essentially they they were sending traffic assuming that it was working. And then when you actually looked at the numbers, people that moved, let's just call it e-commerce, right? So e-commerce is they saw the product, they saw the add to cart, they saw the initiated checkout, and then the actual purchase. Those are the four stages. And they just said like, well, I'm making lots of money, so it must be working, except that average conversions on each level, they were losing like 30% of the people that moved between each state, like were not moving properly between each stage. So the first thing we had to do was actually gut their funnel, the actual stuff going on on their website. We're changing how someone can purchase, how someone signs up. how the product works. Yeah, how how the product works, which is is something, again, you could spend $20,000 a month and your your funnel could be broken and you could still be walking away with cash and be like, this works great. I I think each one of us has a different, similar answer to this. Uh... How does a how does somebody spend ten thousand dollars a month and never understand their funnel is broken? Like how did how do you feel like what what do you think happens in the process where they kind of miss at asking this question? Is my funnel so? The, I think the way that it happens is that they have an amazing product, and people are coming in and they're digging through to find like they are so in love with the product they're prepared to find it and actually pay, mm-hmm. but the funnel is broken. So the people who are kind of excited, never get to that stage because they can't find, like, they're not going to keep searching the website to figure out how to pay for they're it. You're making it too difficult for them. To so so the people that are super excited, they're going to do it. But when you're on a giant scale, when you're spending $100,000 a month on ads, you have a huge audience of people. We're talking about tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, possibly millions of people that are coming to your site every day. And some of those people, even 0.5% of people are figuring out how to buy, right? But, you know, average co- e-commerce is 3 to 5%. So if you have a million people and 0.5% are 
are buying, right. you're like, holy cow, I just made a 50,000 sale. I'm, I'm, I'm crazy rich, right? Except you left on the table the other 250,000 sales. So I think, is it because the focus is like, this is how much money we made versus do we have any missed opportunities? Right. That it's what, what, what they're looking at the fact that people are buying on a large scale, mm-hmm. the product yeah. works. Yeah. Right? Is, yeah. And they're missing out on the fact that if you look at it from a marketer's point of view, and why would a product person know that 3% is the average on e-commerce? Why would they know that? Right. But the 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 marketer should know that stat, and that's why when they walk in and say, what do you mean you only have 0.5? What happened to the other 2.5 people? It's like 2.5% of people. Where are they? <laughs> where are they? And when you're on a scale of a million, 5 million, 10 million, 100 million users, um, you start running into this problem that you literally left millions of dollars on the table just because you didn't even think to fix your process. Right. Let's so, be honest. The real thing here is that when you when someone who's desperate to make money and make sales is is doing it, when they see money coming in, that's enough for them to right. stop. And then later on, somewhere down the line, they'll be like, maybe we should optimize this flow. <laughs> and then when they go to optimize it, like, oh, my God, we left all this money on the table. I mean, let's be honest. Even the saying of saying leaving money on the table it's not something you do unless you can't really see it or you got a lot of yeah. stuff going on. Yeah. You know, you don't leave your wallet on the table somewhere unless you just... You, that's no, but you know what? I know. You're just like, where's my... <laughs> you know what? Because I, I disagree. <laughs> because, for example, now... Um, I'll give you two examples. That's where growth hacking comes in, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, it's like they only bring a growth... They only build a growth hacking department when everything's already flowing and they think they're doing good, but they're going... No, no, no. Maybe we no. can optimize. No, no, no usually no. what happens is they have a great quarter, the next quarter is really bad, and then like, what the heck's... What, what, what got screwed up? Yeah, but... Oh, time to bring in the growth marketers now. Yeah, yeah but I think I think that those are the companies who fuck up the growth no, of marketing. No, of course. Because I think... Uh, what I'm, like, I'm actually thinking about that it's not... That it's not correct because I think... That I'm looking at stardom for a second, right? I'm going to look at... I'm going to be... Yeah. Gonna, this is gonna you always real. try to, like, look at yourself. This is gonna <laughs> get, I like that about This you. is going to get real. <laughs> I look at myself as, as a manager, as a boss. And I try to measure no, and optimize I, I, that. I, I, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I was thinking, I was, they fired me. No, no, they fired I, me I was, I was doing a company. talk. I was doing a talk. Uh, I need to do that one day. I, did, the, <laughs> I was doing a talk at, at I think, there was a... Um, um, a delegation from like Stanford University in Israel and it was like a few universities like big like Ivy Leagues who came to Israel and they did a panel with entrepreneurs and they brought me there was uh, uh, Nitsan Gal from Blush at the time and like and, and the first question was like, and they were like young they were enthusiastic and the first question the moderator asked is like what made you become an entrepreneur and they like they, everybody's like I had a dream I was this I was a girl I wanted this I was, and I was like well I have a drinking problem <laughs> <laughs> and I found out that as a as an employee at an early age you don't get a lot of money that doesn't cover the drinking problem <laughs> so I had to scale up my profits yeah uh, makes sense. also uh, when you're an employee you can't drink at working hours which is bullshit. <laughs> Once so, you're a manager and you yeah. own the company, and you then drink you all the time. Yeah. You and then you can do whatever you want. Sometimes you need a drink. And then, yeah, you have a whiskey saw, in your office. I saw Gary Vaynerchuk <laughs> saying, you have to follow your dream. You only live once. No regrets. I said, I'm not going to spend my day sober. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that was the story. And they were like, oh, like looking at me. Did like, you come to this podcast sober? No, yeah. <laughs> no and they're like, oh, looking at me, like looking for, like trying to see if I'm going to laugh. And then it was like keeping serious. And I was like, and then only like uh, three questions later, like, guys, you know, I was joking. I was joking. Yeah, 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 back there. Yeah, I was, 
was assuming that you were going to be like, so I have this thing that I, that's, I don't know, it might just yeah. be me. I like to buy shit, and for that, apparently, you need this thing called currency or no, money. So, so I, I, was, I, was like, I was just like, so as you... Bitcoin? Like, Bitcoin? I was, I was Bitcoin. just saying, so, so when you have this problem, you have need to spend more and more money, so we need to scale up the business. So my first company, we just need to make like the first million dollars, so because... Like, alcohol is expensive. Yeah, it's expensive. So we scaled up. <laughs> we had to sell it to Amazon. Right? Right. I didn't sell it to Amazon. That was right. That was, and they were like, what? Anyway, <laughs> going back to the real story now for a sec. Um, so, yeah, so wait, I also want to say that when we're, we're talking about growth, so, and correct me because you're the expert at this. The way that I see it is you're that you have, oh. damn it, not again. <laughs> uh, and, uh, correct me if got, I'm wrong. Correct. Yeah, correct. <laughs> no, you got three, uh, the three basic things the way I, I see it. You have, um, the creative, which you can optimize and change and try to create mm-hmm. growth there. You have the funnels, the different places that you're leading people through the creative to the place that they're going to mm-hmm. purchase. And then there's another side of it, which I don't really fully understand. I just kind of imagine it is magic that people who deal with PPC and, and, and Facebook ads and stuff like that know. But there's like this tinkering and constantly optimizing and trying to target little new targets and new things going on there. That also creates insane growth. And I've always been in like companies that are doing the last part really well and their funnels okay or good enough or you know, yeah, good enough. I'm, I'm just I'm just imagining no. I'm I'm just imagining like a like a kid's birthday party with a magician and he does like a growth tricks. <laughs> <laughs> like putting out stats. <laughs> no, but uh, wait, 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 I do want to make a comment that I think you missed a very important fourth okay. part of this, which is the actual product you sell. Uh, yeah, it needs to be that. good. So, I've seen such crap products <laughs> sold fantastically. No, so wait, 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 wait. I want to I I like, I I try and focus, wait, because this is usually where the, the podcast is like 10 minutes long, but we have like 30 minutes of us to like <laughs> everywhere. Uh, you want to so, go back to the original question of how to scale? Is uh, that what you want to do? Here? Almost. Yeah, I was going, I was going uh, there. No, I'm, I was I'm going to. I'm going to. a little path like, uh, for, the, for the simple ones, for the people yeah. like me, uh, the Dr. Seuss's. I want to take us back from what you just said, back to the. Like the. Stage four, and then go back to the scale. So, um, I think what you just described as the way you see creative funnels. This is just, this is just like uh, conversion rate optimization, which is like very very specific. Now, when you talk about the magic part, is when somebody says like, "This is why the funnel is broken. How can you be creative in fixing it?" But um, the magic part is like this is basically just looking at user behavior. And you find like the the opportunities in your product because you're asking different questions about your product. Uh, hypothetical questions sometimes, you know, like, um, uh, okay, so how many people who started, uh, did did, did people who encountered this and this feature on the first day stay longer, didn't stay longer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you dig into a bunch of data until you finally find like the signal that, oh, people who did this behave differently than somebody else. And that's where where they bring you the stats saying like, oh, listen, people who uh, skipped the tutorial, they churn after two days. Right, oh, no, I understand that. I'm just, I, in my situation, I'm always brought into the companies that have, like, the, the part here with the magic optimization and the funnels working good enough, and then they go, so we're, like, we're trying to scale. We hit, like, a, a ceiling, and then they go, oh, we can grow this with creative. So, so usually, usually, and then I see usually the they, they where, suck at the product level. <laughs> like, usually there's company, companies, I think, almost always try to scale up, like, growth way before they're ready. Yeah. But wait, uh, when, we, when you said the product thing, but as a person who's dealing with with growth of uh, of acquisition as like, like Facebook campaigns and stuff, do you feel that it's your duty slash right or whatever to turn around to the product and say, "Hey guys, 
if you really want to scale, the product needs to be changed. Well, I mean, if you're paying me money to run your Facebook ads really well, then I need to make sure that I'm running my face, your Facebook ads to a good place. So, for example, one of the things that this company does is you get to the pricing page. They, someone wants to buy your product. Right. You then choose which option you want, and it says, great, sign in. But if you don't have a user, like, okay, so yeah. if you're logged in on your computer, already signed in, it skips a step to the checkout. But most people are not logged in. You're on your phone. You're on whatever. Uh, you go to sign in, and then it says, sorry, if, let's say, let's start again. You say, sign up for the service. So you may create your username, and it says, well, we want to make sure that, you, that your email is correct. Go check your email and verify your email. Yeah. And so you, you now have to leave whatever you're doing, right. find an email, click the email, and then you come to a page. We just want to make sure this is you, – you are creating an account, and you go, yes, creating an account. Yeah. Amazing. Are you're, you now in the stu- an you're now like using the product. Right. And then you have to find your way back to the pricing page to buy again. So essentially I was telling them like you're, you're taking people that want to buy your product, and, there's, yeah. and you're saying to them – could you just check your email? Could you you want to try out? The, are you sure you want to buy from us? And I just said, go take a walk. Yeah. Come back yeah. after a couple of Have you been it's drinking? Like, <laughs> so I basically told well, them. Well, we save tons of money on such products. This is how we make money. So I basically said to them, well, what if you just took your sign-up form and put yeah. it on the checkout page? So they go to the pricing page. They go from the pricing page to a checkout page, and at that stage, they can either say, oh, I have an account, log right. in, or create an account, and then it just follows that process through. There's no verification. There's no just, – it just happens. You take right. their money, and then they say, oh, my gosh, I put in the wrong email address. Fine. Email support. But guess what? We already have your money in yeah. our pocket, and then we can figure out how to get you your account. Yeah. Now we figure can it pay out. the support guy <laughs> yeah. to answer so, your email. So now this is the most dramatic change the business has ever done on the yeah. funnel side in five years. And before I ever put a dollar into Facebook ads, they'll already be converting at three times better yeah. than what they were doing before. Now, for most people, they're like, What's three? Like even I told people, if I just did 0.5% better than they were doing before, right? Yeah. But you have 100 million users. Right. Right? So 0.5 better than before is an extra 50,000 paying users without a single dollar of paid traffic. You're, you're the first guest who's so good with numbers. It's just like, four, five, like it's percentage, big numbers, and I get like the number right. Yeah. Uh, or maybe I don't. You never <laughs> no know. No one do the math. It, it, ha- it happened yesterday. I was talking to my wife, so I'm like, wait. So it was 30 times 20. That's 206,000. She's like, nope, missed that one. <laughs> that's cool, boy. You just got schooled. And I have a degree in math, so that's how math works. Two zero. Six thousand. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, because yes. thank God they didn't ask that question on the exam because you would <laughs> <laughs> failed the degree. Yeah. Damn question. Yeah. It's like what's the date? What is the <laughs> oh God! Failed again. Yeah. I thought it was good with numbers. <laughs> is June six or seven? I never remember. And then you, and then you're in Israel and then you're it's June six yeah. and it's really seven six seven. Yeah, yeah, because they changed it, like, right? Totally thrown off there. Yeah. But yeah, so basically, it is my duty, that's the answer to the question, yeah. it is my duty to make sure that your funnel is as good as it could be, because if I come in and say, okay, time to spend $100,000 on Facebook, and 
you literally are just like throwing like I don't even know the expression like throwing eggs at the wall whatever yeah. axes who knows throwing things at walls and hoping toilet, yeah, home, yeah that, that one's good too um, and hoping that something works meanwhile we could have just fixed the largest issue in your product right. and every dollar so will make what, three I'm times I'm more than ask you a question but, but I also want to point out that specifically is somewhere in between the funnel and the product because for certain companies that's the product and for certain companies that would be the funnel no yeah well just to be very clear yeah, yes. the pro- yeah that's that's because what that's what funnel is products everything can be broken <laughs> <laughs> no but I want to ask you a question and it actually relates to the living money on the table and and I think this is a question that when you when you when you're in charge of acquisition you see things on the one hand when in charge of growth or product or CEO you see it very differently because uh, usually what what you just said means right that uh, what you just said means that somebody came to you and said we need to scale up we need to earn more money uh, or we need to bring in more use we need to grow and then you came you turn around and say listen we can do the growth with the paid but we need to change your product now um, and then comes two pro- two things one sometimes changing a product is just like changing a page which is easy and sometimes it's like really d- developers coding etc yeah which means two things it's gonna take longer to even start going to where they want to go in q1 two three four uh, but now and also like there's no ending to optimization right so and, and I and I tie this back into the into the living money on the table if they know it or don't know it because sometimes you say listen my product is far from like optimized but uh, if we wait to be optimized, it's never you know I'm thinking about Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. Facebook as a company. The product sucked for so many years. It still sucks for a lot of different users. like like it it's really slows down your browser. It just now like has less bugs now than it had like three years ago, but it's still very shaky. yeah, uh, even as an ad even as an advertiser, like there's always like, is it not running? Oh, there's an error. There's an error. There's a bug. Just like flunky. Ad whatever. manager is like. Yeah. You ever use the ad manager app? Yeah, you haven't. That's... You should think. No. Thank God that you never had to. No, no, I don't want. Never had to know how it. to use I the swear, Facebook app. I swore to. App. I told my therapist that we'll never talk about it. Like, <laughs> this is why I drink. <laughs> this is how I started drinking. Uh, but um, is a plain joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a call to help. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, what I'm saying is this: so you go, so and this is tying everything up because, for example, for stardom, that's what I want to say. So I know that our email funnel is really bad; it's almost non-existent at this point. We don't run Facebook ads at all. We've never actually ran ads, uh, like for ourselves. Um, so I know there's like a bunch of things that I can spend the next three weeks in doing that will help us make more money. But as a company, as CEO or whatever, I have like I'm looking at all the things that I have to go through or do right now, and it's I'm not getting to the place where I can optimize that right now. So I know that I am leaving money on the table. I know there's like there's a bunch of things we can do uh, that will generate more revenue. Is the easiest example we're now doing a course for our new interns, which takes you like from zero to eighty in terms of social media management, right? Like from not knowing anything to being amazing at it. Not hacker whatever level, but really managing well, knowing how to get results, etc. So I'm building this course for them that I'm doing. That I'm so this course can easily I can charge five thousand dollars and set it online or do like um like a you know, like the Gary V's four Ds, which like I can go to yeah. different companies in Israel and say, hey, your marketing like your social media people usually suck. You just hire them because they were Americans. 
Like they just have English. Yeah, so you said like you do social media. Uh, you're like you're, you're you're a millennial and you know English, so you'll do it. Done. Yeah, Done. and I can say just bring them to me, pay ten thousand shekels for three days, and they'll do it. Most of them. So, but you have to build an infrastructure right. for that because it's not like oh I'll just do it and you get you have to uh, maybe run ads. You have to think about the structure. It's not just like the presentations. So you can see the money's on the table sometimes, but like. Uh, you have to prioritize everything you do, right? And the same, th- and going back into the ads. So you go into a company. Um, we have a company we worked on together. Uh, I'm not gonna mention names, but um, that if, for example, they improve their mobile experience, they can triple, quadruple, five times more uh, conversions easily. Like they have, I think, eight hundred thousand people going to their mobile wow. version, which sucks. But they don't take the time to go and develop that because it's not a priority. But if they'll do it, you know, it's like 800,000 people. Do that 0.5 <laughs> thing. I don't know how to do it. Uh, 4,000. 4, 4,000. Ah, they shouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, but that's like 800,000 people a month. Right, right, yeah. Which you don't have and to even change the users. funnel. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so the answer, I think the question you're asking is, uh, there's always stuff you could do on product, but right. they're coming to you for Facebook ads. Run better Facebook ads. No, right? I'm, no, no. I'm That's asking, not the question. Uh, no, it's it is the situation. <laughs> what I'm asking is how do you balance mm-hmm. the two? So, so the so now, it's this is exactly what happened. They came to me and they said we need like six weeks to get all that stuff done for you, and it's still in the process of happening. Right. So, what are you going to do between now and six weeks from now as far as Facebook ads? So what I did was I looked at every stage of their funnel. And this is, again, how to scale in a big way. Uh, So if you – I literally sat down and went through every stage from totally cold audience. They come to the homepage. They go to the sign-up form. They – every single stage all along the way. And then I said to them, give me a percentage for every click from stage one to stage two, stage three. And – what we're seeing is we're losing people at every single stage all along the way. But what if I came in with an ad to retarget at every individual mm. level to just go one stage farther? They got to the homepage but not the sign-up form. What if I ran an ad directly to the sign-up form? And that same thing is true on the mm-hmm. end, what we were talking about before. They come to the pricing page. The pricing page sends them this way, turns them around who knows where, and then who, where, wherever they end up. So essentially, we want to step in and say, everyone who made it to the pricing page, let's just bring them to a checkout page. What if we just run the ads to the checkout page? Yeah. So that's the first thing. The first ads we ran. I imagine an ad saying, what's your credit card number? What is my credit card number? <laughs> Put it in the comments. Yeah, yeah that's it. Um, <laughs> that is actually the ad we're running. Uh, so you haven't seen that one yet? I did. I, oh, okay. My card is there. Your card is in the comments. <laughs> I, got my, I, I, got, I, I got my identity. I <laughs> I wrote my card number wrong. <laughs> so, okay. so essentially, I stepped in and made sure that every step of the funnel where someone could fall off yeah. There is a Facebook ad. You're like support. You're supporting their crappy structure, basically, Ye- while like, making them money to, yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, to yeah, enable yeah. them to fix their crappy yeah, structure. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It's like you have a problem. Obviously, you can't handle this. I'm gonna help you out. Yeah, like, hold my beer. <laughs> uh, or Roy, Roy's yeah, beer. Hold yeah, Roy's beer. Hold Roy's beer. <laughs> yeah, um, I like it how we build a narrative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, the name of this episode is Help Roy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can literally never d- drink a sip of alcohol, just tell that story, and all our listeners right That's now, it. they're like, oh, God. He'll be super sure of that. You see what it's, they did with all our listeners? You'll, you'll be getting a bunch sure. of cold emails from, uh, yeah. cold emails from, uh, Alcoholic or not. As they start targeting me with, like, <laughs> yeah, you see the people writing on, the, on Instagram being like, uh, Roy, we heard the last episode. Do you need any help? It's, 
going on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, okay, so, wait, so going I, back to the... No, I want to go back to the fine, scale. Fine, thing. I'll, I'll let you have your scale. <laughs> thank you. So <laughs> you said first thing... So you said, going back to the, the, to the scaling question, so the first thing you do, you look at their funnel. Yes. And mm-hmm. you, you're basically starting with trying to find leaks before you even approach the ads. Yeah. Okay. That's you don't want to run ad, you don't want to run ads to things that don't work. Right. So the first thing you want to do is make sure everything works. Even again, there's always something you could fix and make better. Right. right? But just like the basic version of there's a million companies out there that have figured it out. They're making a killing. What if we just take what they're doing? Don't even make it more fancier than that. Just make it as fancy as that, mm-hmm. and good enough for now to start moving forward. Then stage two. Right? So we figured out the funnel. Stage two is make sure there's no leaks on the sales end of the ads. Right? Because okay. when, when you're first working you're with... You're going deeper into the company. I, yeah, no, I'm saying as far as, let's say like this, they're doing email marketing and they're sending emails all the time. Most of the time, they're not doing a serious job on Facebook to hit the retargeting options. Okay. So they could have a million users and they're just like, well, if they happen to get to the pricing page, we'll talk to them again. Well, what about the 37 steps they could take without ever getting to the pricing page? What about those people? And we want to step in and say, we want to make sure we're running ads to, oh, this, you know, whatever, this. So this is also like a part of scaling because if you, have, you need to have more people, because you need to have like a lot of people going to your website to do these things. Y- yes. Well, the, the thing is that the way you asked the question was, they're already spending $10,000 a month right. and now they want to spend $80,000 But I want to challenge you a little bit more. Let's say we're talking about B2B. Okay. <laughs> it's like, okay, you, you, you want water? You look pale. Where's the bourbon? It's in my water bottle. Uh, uh, so, so let's say we're talking about B2B and SaaS. This means like the audience is not millions, it's thousands, ten, tens mm-hmm. of thousands maybe. Well, uh, I think that it really depends. Have- it really depends on who you define as the second B. Right, your B two B is business, or all those B. People don't right. know B two B means business to business. So, uh, at the end of the day, Facebook has a lot of users, like a lot, like two point seven, I think is the number, two point seven billion mm-hmm. users uh, on Facebook. Many of those people are business, work in businesses. Right. Um, so most of them, actually, all the ones over twenty, hopefully have a job. <laughs> if you don't have a job, call. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so basically. Um, there's opportunity on Facebook to be running business ads. I happen to think there's a larger opportunity specifically to target small business than large business. People who, you know, the owner, the head of marketing, the director right. of whatever the, the thing you would call it, founder of these small businesses mm-hmm. over targeting large corporations because at the end of the day, those people are on LinkedIn, not on Facebook. So if someone came to me and said, I want to reach the CEO of Google, Facebook, Uber, and whatever, which has actually happened, uh, I would tell him, go run LinkedIn ads, not Facebook ads. Those people are probably not spending their time. And I think there's even a stat, 80% of Fortune 500 company CEOs Mm -hmm. use, actively use their LinkedIn account. Okay. Uh, So that would be the first thing I would do for large corporation B2B. But for small businesses, there are a lot of owners of three to 10 person businesses that are actively using in Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. So that is where the largest opportunity is. So now if you're talking to me about a SaaS product that's specifically meant for high corporate level CEOs. No, let's, let's say we're talking about 
I'm, it's not a, like I don't really want to focus on that company. I just want to give an example. It's, let's say you're doing ads for Mixpanel okay. or for, I don't know, like a similar analytics. So mm-hmm. it's not expensive B2B. It's not like heavy corporate. Right. It's not like $40,000 a year. Yeah, it's, like, right. it's like something a small business can handle, like a small startup can handle. But you, but you don't have like millions of people who, are, mm-hmm. you, who you can target. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you scale that up? Or even a, like, no, okay, mon- products like Monday.com is easier because like the, the audience is huge. But I'm mm-hmm. on, I, I want to challenge you there because a lot of, I think a lot of our listeners are from that angle. Yeah, uh, so at the end of the day, if your audience only, ha- if, you're, if the audience size is only, I don't know, 300,000 people, that's the whole audience, mm-hmm. then there isn't so much scale you could do. Like you could get to $50,000, but you can't get to a, a million there just aren't enough people to talk to anymore. So once you start hitting the time where you, they're seeing you four times a day, yeah. the most important side is actually the creative of the ad. So I have this friend, Scott Olford. I don't know. Yay! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was waiting for it this whole time. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Jonathan episode it's, after all. Surprise, surprise. It's all about me. Tables turn. Oh. Yeah. Um, so I have a friend named Scott Olford that, that, that coined this the mosquito effect, which is... You have I'm this. So f- proud now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, damn it. Uh, this is how I'm going to say he, the, the creative solves this problem, which is yeah. uh, you, I'm seeing the same ad from you over and over again every day, 13 times a day, because you want to spend all this money, and I haven't converted, and I'm, you're just like pissing me off at this point. Like, right. why do I see your ad 17 times a day? But if I show up with 17 different ads for 17 different days, like literally if every ad is different, every image and every video and and you're able to touch them, like what he does is he actually thinks about how to approach them in a psychology way, whatever the psychological way of, first I want to get them in their emotion and then I want to get them in their logical and then I want to get them in their whatever and I make sure that each ad does one of those things Hmm. and then I make sure that that they're going to see each one of them. So you can actually set frequency caps that they don't see this one specific ad more than three or four times. And over the course of a two, three-month period, they've seen all 17 ads three or four times and had that opportunity to watch and engage. And because they look different, oh, one time I'm on the beach, one time I'm in my office, one time I'm at my house, one time I'm with my dog, one time I'm doing yoga, one time I'm doing on a mountain, whatever. So each time... They're seeing you in a different place, and it no longer is annoying. It's like, whoa, you're providing so much value. And there's a very thin line between you're really annoying and you provide lots of right. value. It's actually surprisingly thinner than most people think. Um, I, I had a <laughs> – I'm, I'm going to skip my joke. <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, so, so basically what you want to be able to master here is you know this is the audience you want to talk to. Every time they come to Facebook, Instagram, wherever, they're seeing one of these 17 ads and it feels fresh because it's not the same annoying thing over and over and over again. And, they talk, and you talk about different things in each ad. Right. So that's the only way to scale when you're – like if, imagine you have an audience of 100 people. This is it. These are the only people you could talk to forever. So what do you have to do? You have to come up with different things to say to them and you could keep spending more money but at a certain point – when every all they see is just your ad over and over again, they're going to start yeah. getting frustrated. So you really have to make sure that your creative is looks different, gives different value, says different things, brings them to different landing pages, and that's that requires a lot of work on the creative side, and that's really where the work is for that yeah. that type of company. When you start moving over to companies that have 500 million potential buyers in the small business world, that's really where you have an opportunity to scale on the tweaking little buttons on your ad campaign, the magic, uh, the magic parts, <laughs> if you will. And in that stage, 
it's really what I like to do. Most people do this the opposite way, which is they start at the cold traffic. It's really easy to bring in. I come to you and I, I got you 48 million clicks happy. Oh my gosh, 48 million. What I care about is like, well, I brought you, you know, in your first month, I, I doubled the money we spent. Right? Yeah. If I could come to you in the first month, I double the money that we spent in ads. Amazing. The best I've ever done is whatever. So the first thing I want to focus on is nailing down how to sell your warm audience to buy. And I'm going to test it like crazy. Every situation, landing pages, is it, is it on mobile or desktop? Is it a video or an image? Yeah. Is it wh- what exactly am I, am I sending them to an ebook to upsell them to a course to upsell them to the who knows? Or am I giving them a free, like all that testing on the warm audience to sale? Right. Which is different than hot audience to sell. We talked about that before of like actually like the guy on the checkout yeah. as opposed to warm audience, which is like a guy who's been to your Facebook page, a guy who's liked a co- like, you know, commented yeah, like or posted or whatever. The funnel is so far away that you're going to invest so much more yeah. uh, into pushing them down the funnel. Correct. And what we really want to do is we want to know exactly the words, the video, the image, the color, all that stuff for that warm audience. Right. Before we ever start talking of, talking about like let's bring in lookalikes and bring in traffic and do interest targeting and behaviors and what most people don't know is that you could spend easily thirty thousand dollars a month if you have a large enough audience like we're talking about like a hundred million users right. in just that part of the funnel right and then when you start talking about well how about all the people that don't know me right so if you had five hundred a million people that know you and you have fifty million people that don't know you. That is, the, so this is, this is why I start this way. If you come in first to stage cold, the, the, the cold audience stage, you don't even know what to start with. Right. Right? So when people, you, you mentioned earlier that there's so much content around how to start on Facebook ads. The first, whatever, $50, yeah. the first $100, whatever. Uh, what I noticed is that there's three problems on Facebook. Audience, funnel, product. Mm-hmm. If you come into Facebook ads without knowing at least two of these things are good, you will spend all your money on fa- the, 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 the money down the toilet thing. Yeah. That's, flush the money down the toilet. Or because eggs on a wall. Or eggs on a wall. Who knows? That's it. You know, that, that's an interesting concept. Like saying like you have to have one of like two of the three. Yeah. That's, so so that's essentially what happens is if you show up and you say, I have a really great product, but I don't know who the audience is and I don't know how to get them to buy. But it's a really great product. So... If you're starting to run Facebook ads, the data you will see is that the cost per impression is high, the cost per click is high, and the conversion rate is low, right? But what if you switch it to another thing? You have a really great audience of people that really want to buy, but you don't know how to get them to buy and you don't know what what to sell them. You'll get really high cost per impression, really high cost per click, and really low conversion rate. And what if you have an audience you really know, sorry, the, the, a funnel that sells really well, but you're not sure about which product to offer them, which coupon, whichever, and you don't know the audience. The data will be, the cost per impression will be high, the cost per right. click will be high. So essentially, it's three different issues to focus on, and the data that you're looking at shows the same thing. So you will not even know which thing to fix. Is it right. the audience? Is it the funnel? Is it the product? So if you could show up to Facebook ads and say, I have an amazing product. I have 20 million users on my product, and I know exactly who wants to buy the product. Now I can focus on figuring out the funnel. But if I show up and I don't know one of the three, there's nothing to fix here. Right. So essentially what I want to do is before I ever run to cold traffic, I want all three. I want to know who am I targeting, what am I showing them, and what is the offer at the end to buy. So when I start with warm traffic, I know two of the three. I know I'm, right. I'm reaching warm audiences, these 
website visitors, email subscribers, whatever that is. And I know that my, what I'm selling is selling. Now, how do I get them to buy? And that you're going to spend, obviously, big companies, you could spend $40,000, $60,000 a month. Right. And then when you say, okay, I've nailed down all three. I know who to target. I create lookalike audiences. I know exactly which interest is target because you're walking in knowing exactly who these people are. Yeah. You have 40 million, right. 40 million users. You know exactly who those people are. Um, so that's when you could start spending, like, that's when the big money can be spent because there's so much upscale and there's so much opportunity to the point where when you're really spending a lot of money, some of your ad sets are just blank targeting. There's no interest, no anything, no lookalikes because Facebook has so much data on who your person is. They do the work to find the audience. So when you're really spending a lot of money and you have tons of warm audiences moving to hot, hot going to buying, you could actually run blank ad sets that just say, Facebook figure it out because they have all this data in the algorithm. Give us money. <laughs> Publish it. Publish. Uh, so I actually have a, cl- a friend of mine, Dennis Yu, who's also known as one of the biggest Facebook experts in the world. And for many of his big, giant clients, he tells me almost all of his ad campaigns are just blank targeting. Facebook will figure it out. Well, that's money well spent. <laughs> yeah. I no. hope he charges a lot of money for that, for sure. Right? So, so. Uh, so what's what what's actually is happening is once you've done the work to nail down who to target, bring in good people to your pixel, bring in good people to engage and comment and like yeah. and whatever, Facebook can do a lot of that work for optimizing on the top of the funnel and to, the, to those called audiences. Interesting. So if I can summarize this in <laughs> two words. No. So like when small audience, big budget, you would go to the creatives, create a lot of like different yeah. creatives, tackle, like go more to the emotional like, basically, how do you move one person from one step to another using right. ads? Yeah. When you talk about scaling up a company that has, like, millions, hundreds of millions of potential users, then you talk about, like, after you find, like obviously, know what you're selling, know that you know how to convert. Then you say, let's start playing with the different funnel stages and, like, more going crazy more in depth about segmentation yeah. there because that's where you can actually leverage, like, the different stages. Like, mm-hmm. if you have a 1,000 people in your funnel, uh, then, then the retargeting for like uh, the the pricing versus card versus this, like it's right. going to be very expensive and almost like zero results. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're talking which, about like one or two people, by, but if yeah. you have a million people in your funnel, yeah. Then which, by the way, is not necessarily bad because uh, because you know if you have uh, because if you basically if each if each uh, product you sell, <laughs> if each product you sell uh, is like a hundred thousand dollars a year then you can spend five thousand dollars on like that yeah. hot lead and yeah. converting them that's also very important to understand like the like when we t- usually when that's a funny thing because the conversation about around facebook ads is usually see how we got traffic with like 0.5 cents and like if you're selling a product that's like 1.5 million dollars a year you can spend two thousand dollars <laughs> with that yeah. lead i remember when i think one of my first gigs at uh, the company called i think it was uh, on the mob on the mob. On the okay. mob. It's like a ten year old, like ten years ago, eleven years ago. No. It tracks the mob in your city. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know the mafia is really no, doing. No, it's it. actually like eight years ago. I think it's like eight years ago. So, um, ah, fuck, lost my chain of thought. <laughs> so uh, we're talking about ah conversions, the numbers. So they were they were really heavy on mobile ads when it was really early stage. We're talking about two thousand and ten, something mm-hmm. like that. I think the iPhone four was like yeah. a, a huge thing there. Um, Milk cost a dollar. No, <laughs> no. Ninety nine. I remember when no, I could no, get gas. No, exactly. No, it was really expensive back then. I was really going with that. Like now, no, you do references no, 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 according to what iPhone was out. <laughs> no, because I no, because when pizza was a nickel and the iPhone three came dude, out. <laughs> like, 
So what I wanted to say was, no, the iPhone 4 was a huge deal, like, was a huge shift because the iPhone was trendy. The iPhone 4 is what made iPhone a commodity in a way. And everybody was not doing, like, real mobile web and not, like, the WAP, whatever the thing was there, right? So that, that like, I think people, the Safari or, like, the, the uh, uh, mobile browser became, like, a real player around the iPhone 4. Yeah. That's like the way Twitter broke and became big at 2010, the same, because uh, of, like, smartphone adoption. So, adoption rates. So... I remember I was looking through the leads and I was like, oh, it's like, it, it costs Does like, he feel validated yet? Or? I, um, yeah, he's, like, uh, he's just yeah. trying to make it sound like, oh, yeah. pizza was really big. Really, uh, the pizza industry changed everything. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Cool, right. People's stomach went from being 1.5. <laughs> in, in the history books, it's known as like the, the ear of the pizza. Yeah, that was right. <laughs> the a, the atom bomb the fell, the pizza. the pizza changed everything, though. Um, so, anyway, so I thought it was paying, like, 500 shekels per lead. I was like, that's pretty expensive. And, and they were like, that, we're selling a car costs a 100,000 shekels. Like, like, I'm okay with the number. Like, oh. Huh. Uh, yeah. But at the beginning, no, because people really, there's, like, a really, uh, uh, I don't want to say stupid, but just, like, a really bad misconception, I think, usually when talking about Facebook ads or running paid ads, because so many of them focus on, like, on the wrong things. When they give, like, the tips or the different instructions you get, they're always focused on, like, a detail that misses out the entire context of your campaign. This is, by the way, I want to do a, a, an article about why you should, like, um, why you should be careful or afraid from every case study you read. Because, it, they, like, the lack of context on, those, on these things is so, so annoying it's like how we first of all like you have this I just believe everything I read Roy that's what I do <laughs> that's what I especially on Facebook yeah, yeah of course especially on Facebook Mark Zuckerberg approved <laughs> yeah uh, it's like that's, that'd be funny if like the next move by Facebook is gonna be like Oprah stickers we have like Oprah recommending yeah, books big, oh. they have like posts and you have like Zuckerberg approved it's like you go to Zuckerberg Z, Z. <laughs> little Z yeah. it's like the Zorro um, yeah, Z, it's the Zorro Z, Z on each yeah. so I, I think so I think like you read these things where like how we got uh, 10,000 emails just by changing one headline and I'm like and the people reading this are usually people who don't have traffic like they're not really good at email like online marketing in general and then like this it's like if they have if they did one change and they have 10,000 new emails it means that they had like 100,000 people coming to the website at that time like it's not like we had 5,000 visitors and now we got 10,000 leads it's like, it doesn't work that way and uh, and also like it's a matter of industry right so in the paid media, there's more awareness to it because it's like you know that leads are changing from industry to industry, though a lot of people don't take that into consideration when talking about paid. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, lead should be $1.50. Like, what are you selling? <laughs> like, yeah, what's, the, what's the product? Um, so I think a lot of time, uh, like, industries, they just don't understand the difference. I remember when the the guys from the new school, Ron Sega, Leo Franco, and all these guys, mm-hmm. uh, so they were reading, they were doing like every marketing article possible to how-tos and doing all the courses. And the problem with the, most of the content out there is like marketers for marketers about marketing, right? And so like you get advice for like, oh, so there's an audience who's been nurtured to share content on Twitter by saying that the best way to grow on Twitter is sharing tw- uh, content <laughs> on Twitter and you're asking them to share your article on Twitter. Okay, so that would resonate. But if you're trying to uh, market to designers or developers, they don't like, oh, I'm going to share 100 articles on Twitter today because I want to be big on Twitter. No, they don't care about Twitter. Yeah, um, um, so actually what I found was that 
over the last six weeks with this same time as the CBO um, change is that Facebook really doubled down on giving you what you want, not Mm -hmm. what you need. So essentially what happens is at your campaign level, you have a lot of options, cost per click. It's like running ads for clicks, running ads for engagement. And a lot of the time, Facebook will only give you people that do that thing. So you just talked about people on Twitter that share lots of content and then they get more people to follow them because they're sharing lots of content who are also people sharing lots of content. Uh, So what happens is Facebook will actually find you people that love clicking on links for really cheap. So you're running this ad. So here, a really great example. I'm running ads now for a company called Dulio, which is an app, a web browser game that essentially every week you could guess the winners of a basketball game, football game, football's over, uh, baseball, hockey, whatever. So you're a bookie. (laughs) (laughs) It's free to play and you win real money. Uh, And we're trying to get signups to use the app. So we're paying money to Facebook, optimize for registrations, and the average cost per sign-up is about a dollar, a dollar fifteen, something like that. We I then decided, well, what if I just paid money for clicks, get people to the site, and then hopefully based on the fact that it's a really awesome thing, they'll sign up, like literally giving away money for free and you like sports. This sounds great. So we spent eight hundred dollars on ads, which again is just a te- this is just a test, right? Mm-hmm. $800 on ads, running ads to click on the site. And the breakdown is just like everyone else, homepage, sign up form, verify email, yeah. register, right? And what we found was that after $800, we brought in, I don't know, let's say 2,000 clicks. Mm-hmm. And not a single person got from the, the homepage to the sign up form. Because they're optimizing. It's for optimizer yeah. people that get you clicks. And I saw this over on like three or four different clients that had spent almost $1,000 on clicks over that same period of six to eight weeks that brought in really cheap clicks. And that person did absolutely nothing. On average, the conversion rate on the, on the page is, you know, three to 5%. Yeah. And here it was zero. Not a single person, 2,000 clicks, not a single person came in. So exactly. this is exactly... hating on your <laughs> so, uh, Damn, that's yeah. the flushing the money down the toilet yeah. and throwing the eggs on the wall. <laughs> uh, so essentially, this is what's happening on Facebook. You want engagement. Facebook will give you so much engagement, you won't even know what to do with it. You can make your case study about how you got all yeah. this engagement for four cents per like or who knows what. But at the end of the day, if you don't take a step back before you run a single ad and say... Why am I running this campaign? What do I want my dollar to do? And you tell Facebook in advance, I want to purchase. So at this point, for many of my clients, we actually run purchase campaigns at every level of the funnel. Running as a purchase campaign for cold audience, warm audience, and hot audience to make sure that the people coming in on the top of the funnel will eventually qualify to be purchases and not just 4,000 people that come to your page and say, yeah, okay, I clicked, goodbye. (laughs) Uh, and, and so that's <laughs> clicking on things. I have to yeah. click things. It's just old people sitting in homes clicking. Clicking or click farms. Who knows? What? There's people clicking on. So essentially. Click farms are run into like, uh, like old people's homes. Yeah, like, yeah that's, that's it. it. That's what I do. So I have no purpose in life. You do now. <laughs> click farms. <laughs> elderly home is, yeah. is now click, branching out to Facebook. Click farm for the elderly. Yeah, that's it. They actually had a, a thing like that where you could learn. This is language. why our episodes are so long. So, so to, to finish up, essentially what ends up happening is you can walk away and say, check mark on that, re- the requirement. I could walk to my boss and say, we got 78,000 likes on our Facebook page. Yeah. But how many of those people who like your Facebook page will ever see your content ever for the rest of the time they're on Facebook? And the answer is probably two out of 70,000. Yeah. So what you really have to do is nail down, why am I spending money? And tell Facebook in advance 
what the goal is, and then just have in mind as you're seeing this engagement that these are people who are quality people that will hopefully eventually what, buy. What I see, and I, I don't know what's going on with me today, but what I see pictured right now in my head. The magician's coming back. Is this. What I definitely ima- drank before. The no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. What, what I ima- what I imagine is is like when you know this uh, those movies when you have like this dramatic scene where like the mother gives the child like bring this <laughs> like this ha- bring this to your sister and he gives like a coin he has to run. That's what I feel like. Market is going like to Facebook. Get me a lead, and they give like <laughs> the <laughs> coin, and, and he run runs ahead. into like a war zone. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm gonna get him leads. Ah. <laughs> uh, Yes. Yeah, yes. As, as I, feel, I feel like that was a Family Guy moment for the. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Just imagine it. Yeah. Um, let's let's shut up for ten minutes while everybody <laughs> thinks about the flashback that we're having right now. Ezra, I feel like we could sit and talk with you forever, but our time is yeah. is kind of run out. Because just because on average people can't go past an hour and something on podcast. But anyway, thanks um, ADD. I blame yeah. I blame Facebook for this. I think that if you've reached the <laughs> one hour time, that's not ADD. Like they're like yeah, so they are amazing. These if people you, are. Yeah. You guys are the best listeners on the planet. Right. You went through a full hour. Yeah, no, you guys honestly, are better than the ones who listened to the intro and then left. Yeah, you are the winners <laughs> of this episode. No, but time uh, well spent. I, w- I want to say that I feel like there's a million or more questions we can ask you. Um, Azrael is amazing. People, you should all check him out. And um, and I, I guess we can sign off now, right? Thank you for, for <laughs> thank you for being on the podcast. I, I don't know. It's <laughs> really. like the weirdest sign off. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to like you wrap up because I feel like again we continue. I have a whole bunch of questions also about like that uh, that just getting clicks on video and content to just get it to spread faster or whatever. But um, I'm gonna stop myself. Right. It's very mature. Just like maybe that. you should stop drinking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of an addiction. Um, so, uh, guys. Wait, like the, why Why when you play video games, it's a hobby? But <laughs> it's an addiction. No. I do it in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, uh, guys. First of all, thank you, thanks thank again you for being on the podcast. Thank it's you for having really me. Amazing. Next time, maybe invite me when it's not the yeah. Noah's Ark outside. Yeah. Uh, God. Yeah. And that's why I was walking in twos. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, guys, if you like this episode, like, subscribe, uh, I don't know, force everyone you know to listen, uh, Roy, you usually have a couple that you approve right after I say what I say. No, no, sounds good. Sounds okay, good. Cool. You're like, subscribe, so and, uh, You have to know. be more secure, though. Have confidence, oh, man. How do you like if a podcast? If you love this podcast, like, subscribe, oh share, give us five, uh, stars and some yeah, thumbs reviews, up everywhere. Reviews. Review reviews. us only if you have something nice to say. Otherwise, you know. No, keep your opinions to keep yourself. Your damn opinions yeah. to no, but uh, go listen to another episode of Tim Ferriss interviewing <laughs> somebody. We so, don't need the negativity, no. <laughs> we don't need that here. Um, and uh, thanks. Have an awesome day. Bye.